Hi, this is Damon Pistolka, host of the Faces of Business podcast, where we talk to interesting people about life and business. We cover their backgrounds, obstacles they've encountered, and find out what drives them. Along the way, our guests share nuggets you can use to drive your success. Reach me directly, D-A-M-O-N at ExitYourWay.us, or check out our website, ExitYourWay.us, for more information. I hope you enjoy our show. All right, everyone, welcome once again to the Faces <laughs> of Business. I'm your host, Damon Postalka. We're here today with Nigel Packer coming to us from the UK, late night his time. Thanks for being here, Nigel. It's my pleasure, uh, Damon. It's uh, I'm really been quite excited about this uh, all day. So I've uh, just come back from a nice long walk on the beach a couple of hours ago. Oh, nice. Yes, so I got all fresh, freshened up and ready for today's session. Nice, so awesome to have you here, man. Because it's it's not so often, not ever yet, have I had, I would say, an internet legend like you on. Because man, it is cool as heck. I, when you look at your history, and we're going to talk about your background a little bit, but it's just fun for me to be able to talk to somebody that has literally been around the internet since it you know since some of the inception days and then continued to work with it and now are continuing to work with you know some of the latest things that are happening in customer experience so i i'm just i'm super pumped to talk about it but let's don't listen to me talk let's <laughs> let's listen to you explain a little bit about your background and some of the things when you you know starting into the internet and kind of how that transitioned into you know, customer experience and helping people and and how that came from, you know, the birthplace of the Internet almost into selling things online and moving to where we're at today. I think it all goes back to uh, when I was quite young. I've always been interested in how things work and um, uh, uh, especially from a mechanical perspective. And even as a small child, I used to get quite a quite a rocket from my father from time to time because some beloved tool that he had, I'd taken apart and put back together again. And uh, he got quite upset because I always ended up with one or two screws left over. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking, it still works. I mean, they didn't need these in the first place, but then it yeah. stopped working after a while. And and he, that's when he got upset. But but it, it, it moved from that. And um, I, I remember when I was oh, 10 years of age, I was standing yeah. up at the television shop watching two men climbing down a ladder or one chap climbing down a ladder and stepping off it. And he was the first man to walk on the moon. And... Um, uh, it, 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 it just put me in, front, you know, in that position where I was just excited about technology, about, uh, you know, all the advances in science and everything else. And I've always been interested in that perspective. Uh, funny to say that because uh, when I was 12, I started my first business. Now, I grew up by the seaside. And uh, one of the uh, great things about living by the sea, there was always plenty of fish in it. So I used to catch fish and then sell them on the beach. Yeah. What I noticed was if I was nice to the people, buying uh, and ask them questions about, uh, about about what they would do with it, how they would cook the fish mackerel mostly. Uh, I used to find that they um, they would say to me and then I would adjust my conversation with them to demonstrate how easy it is to cook and what a wonderful breakfast it'll make for you tomorrow morning and everything else. So I used all those um, uh, features and benefits for them. And as a result, I sold more. And I could put my prices up and they got really excited because it was so fresh and everything else. 
And I, I think I've always carried that belief in, in if you understand your customers, if you know what they're going to do with whatever you're selling to them and what are they actually buying, um, then it helps them uh, to, to purchase uh, or helps them to, or encourages them to purchase. Yeah. So, so, so it's something that I, I, I've done um, all my life, really. And, and um, I went, as I said, I was in engineering uh, at the time. Electronics was the big thing. So yep. I went off and studied electronics engineering after I left school and uh, college. Um, and I, um, I studied um, and worked in, in, in Swansea University. And um, there we were working on, the, the, and this is back in the 70s now. So we worked on the on the late uh, state-of-the-art technologies with C, um, CMOS logic rather than TTL that have moved on. And it, it's, it's amazing the technology that has changed my lifetime. Um, and how we've gone from back in the early 70s where the computers would fill my office now, whereas uh, today they, they fit in a watch or, or in a yeah. small mobile device like the phone. Yeah. So anyway, we, we moved on from there, and um, um, I, I, I really wanted to get into mechanical engineering again, so I got a job uh, working as a production manager. So production engineering was my uh, theme then. So, But I was learning about business, not just the stuff I'd learned on the beach and various other uh, businesses I'd run um, uh, up until the time I went to work in, um, in, in, the, in as production manager. And um, I learned a lot about other things, such as quality assurance and, um, uh, you know, and, and again, about the importance of um, efficiency within production systems. So that was my engineering stuff coming up. And then um, I, I, I got a bit upset with the uh, people who ran the business, even though it was a small family firm. They, I didn't get the promotion I was expecting, so I got really upset about it. And I, I walked out from that job and, and but, Three weeks later, I walked into a mechanical engineering company uh, not far away in a similar industry where I proposed an idea and a concept with them, which they ran with. And that's when I ended up getting a couple of patents uh, with my name written across the top. I don't own the intellectual property rights, unfortunately, but uh, I, yeah. I did do all the development of the product. And that was for the steel coil industry, which a bit of a jump from electronics, but um, it was still engineering, still at the forefront of design and, and, and innovation. Anyway, um, again, I, I seem to upset my um, um, people who employ me quite a bit. So uh, I ended up walking out of that. No, I'm not. Yes, I, I was released from my contract on that job. And uh, my wife, who I'd married in the meantime, uh, she was a graphic designer. And uh, in 19, what is it, 1995, she built the first website. Yeah. First website, and um, because suddenly the, the internet, um, um, uh, HTTP, and um, Tim Berners Lee's um, development of the um, um, hypertext markup language, HTML, uh, uh, allowed that to happen. So, yeah, um, w w the essence of the website she was building, because we talked quite extensively about it, was was about how. Who's going to be using these uh, these websites? It's not the companies; it's the customers of the companies. Yeah. So they need to be able to get the information they're looking for. Um, yes, it's got to have a little bit of. Um, um, uh, it's got to give an impression of the of the background of the company through the design and, and the imagery, but fundamentally, people are looking for information. And the thing is, if you don't lay out that information in their language, how they want it, then they're going to just leave. 
And we could yeah. we'd seen that very early on from the beginning. And then uh, this company called Google came along in 1998 um, and started off this new search engine thing. Now, it's quite interesting because the other day I was, uh, there's a book here called The Inc Incredibly Indispensable Web Directory. And this is how you used to be able to, there's a book here, it, how, how you used to be able to find websites. And they used to print directories. Yeah, yeah directly of websites. websites. Yeah. Yeah. But then Google came along and spoiled all that printing work and um, had this search engine. So my wife's clients were complaining to her that they couldn't be found on this newfangled search engine in 98. So I was still working for uh, the engineering company, but in the evenings and weekends, I was helping her clients start to, uh, to get onto this search engine. How, to, um, how, how, they, um, how would they be found? So um, I, I looked around in the UK and there was nothing. But then mm -hmm. I looked at the American market where they were a little bit more advanced than us at the time, uh, as far as websites were concerned. I was starting to learn things about search engine optimization. But even that, that always, even though getting to the top of the search engines was important, and it was much easier back in those days, it was much harder to get engagement with a customer because the designs and the information was much more important and the way people communicated. Mm -hmm. And this hasn't changed. And it's still back to this fundamental even today. All the technology has improved. And we've got wonderful things these days. I mean, back then, you never imagined you could take a, a device out of your pocket straight from Star, Star Trek and be able to film people. And then yeah. post them on the internet a matter of seconds later. And this, this, this is the thing. The technology has advanced considerably since then. But there's one thing that's been consistent. And that is the human being. The people yeah. who use it, they've always been consistent. So they have the same perceptions, the same ideas, the same needs, the same wants, the same desires, the same psychological um, issues that come with using the Internet. And yeah. the one thing that we learned back then was that the Internet is a self-service environment. Yeah. The customer, the person using the uh, connection device, whether it's a mobile, a PC or a laptop, or tablet, they're the ones controlling to a point where they're going because they know what they want. And, and if they don't understand um, where the, the, the journey that they take through that, that, that digital journey from link to link and the information that's presented to them, if they, if they get lost on that journey or they're presented with a barrier, then because now we have millions of different websites across the world, they just think, oh, well, I'll just go back to the search and go for the next one in the list. So yeah. you've lost the client, yeah. and you might have inspired them to actually buy the product or buy the uh, device that you're selling or engage with them, and you've yeah. lost them because of um, a, a screen that comes up and says, sign up to our newsletter now, yeah. as soon as they've yeah. arrived on the website. Yeah. It's, it's interesting when you were talking about this, though, because partially because I just did a presentation on an overview for, for an e-commerce group uh, mm -hmm. this morning. And we I talked about the very same thing uh, about the fact that the digital transformation that's happened over since about the late 90s to the, the early 2000s, 2010. And really, once we got a phone in our hand, mm -hmm the the whole game changed on the way that that sales are done and people research and find out what they want to do because you you showed such a great example there of the printed directory and before yeah. that the phone book 
And the phone mm -hmm. book was just getting you the phone number to call somebody on uh, yeah. by phone, which now that then it went to the same type of directory showing you where to go on the website yeah. or on the internet to find to find a certain website. And now we use Google to search yeah. everything and we're not using it on a desktop now. We've also got our phone, so we're searching it every minute we in the exact minute we need it to hopefully get the exact information we need to take us to the links that go right to the information that we're looking for. Yeah. And when you get to that point, the whole sales process has changed because yeah. of the fact of what I just said and what you were just talking about in that we have all this power at our fingertips, literally 24 seven. And the customer is in control of this journey. Whereas used to be us as salespeople, we were in control a lot of it because we had to explain to the customer that needed something about us, the solutions and the things that we provide yeah. because they and, and make sure there's a need. Now the customer wants to find that information. They want to find out about you. They want to find out about how how you're helping people and they want to do it the way they want. They want to feel the way they want to feel when they're doing it. Yes. They want to get a great feeling about, about you when they're doing it. This is just, it's so yes. fascinating because you talk about customer experience. Uh -huh. and, and I think that people don't really understand customer experience like they should yeah. in the digital realm. Yeah, like it, 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 there's a couple of things, a couple of fundamental things that people should realize, business owners uh, with, with the digital uh, shops and all the other things that go with it, even on online businesses, and even the ones who are not online but use the internet as a route for their customers to get to them. Firstly, not everybody wants to buy your product. Yep. Okay, it's a very big fundamental. There are more people out there who don't know you exist than do. Okay, and the other thing as well is if you talk in the language of your industry, the people who want your services or want your products don't understand that language. They don't understand yep. the technical terms that you use, the industry terms that you yep. use. So don't write in that language. And I, I, I published an article a couple of weeks ago on LinkedIn I don't yep. Yep. Um, uh, called Are We Shooting Ourselves in the Foot? And basically people write wonderful articles. Great information about the industry and about the things that can be provided or, or, or that people should be looking out for. But the one thing they in their eagerness to write that content, it's only for their competitors. Yeah. Okay. And it's not for the people that are actually looking to get into that industry. And, and it, it, I've seen it so often. Um, I, I do a lot of work with the languages industry because of internationalization of websites. And I was talking to, uh, I was doing a presentation out in, um, in in Lisbon, in Portugal, back a couple of years ago. And I asked the question, what is it that translation companies do? And people were putting their hands up, put your hands up and tell me. And, and I pointed to a couple of people and they were saying things like, well, we translate things. And I said, no, you don't. You help your customers to communicate. So you're a communications company. You're helping them to translate their language yeah. into another language so that they can communicate with the, with the customers in that market. Yep. And it just like it, it's like lights eyes went on uh, or lights went on in eyes all through the room. 
And this was a European conference. It was a brilliant thing. And, and oh, I had so much fun with them. Anyway, um, that's another story. Uh, but, but the thing is, it's that realization. And the thing is, what is the, the, there's one thing that the technology cannot do. And, and yes, AI is getting much more clever all the time. But AI only looks at the past. It counts up the numbers of steps that people have taken. And it can give you some indication of what's going on. But people are people. They don't do things by the book. They yeah. do things different. Everyone's different. We are, all have different um, prompts to go and do something. And I think one of the uh, mistakes a lot of people make is they, they rely on data and, and data analysis written by uh, 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 or um, information that they draw from data done by algorithms that are written by technology individuals, software developers and technology people. But what does that information really say? And sometimes a conversation with a client can give you so much more information than all the analytics you can pull from Google, uh, you know, all the information you can get from Google and or, or other systems that are out there. I'm not saying they're no good. They do give you prompts and ideas and make you help, help you put a, uh, um, um, a hypothesis together. But then you can test that hypothesis by talking to those customers, by asking the right questions. And it takes a lot of experience to understand what are the right questions are. And I think one of the things that I found is, is that technology can't tell you the emotional journey that that customer is taking. And it depends on what you're selling. If you're selling holidays, people are looking forward to their vacation. They're looking forward to the holiday that they're going on. Okay, so they're excited about it. They're really pumped up. And, yeah, we're going to have our family holiday. We're going to somewhere nice and warm, yeah. stay in a great hotel. There's going to be all these lovely things to do. So they're excited. So they're looking, looking for a place that's going to do it. But if someone's got financial issues and they need to sort out with a debt management agency or some, or some other uh, financial services company like that, then, first of all, they're going through a barrier of um, – of guilt, of um, lack of loss of pride, of failure. There's all these much their their emotions are really low down. So if you can actually interfere with that and prompt them, so when they they've spoken to you, when they've engaged you, there's no judgment, there's nothing or at all, and and it's uh, you know a lot of people have been in the same situation. If you can take them up above the line of say zero from a negative position to a positive position, how much better will they be feeling afterwards? Yes. How much will they think of you as an individual? And again, it's all these different things. I mean, AI can't tell you that. Yeah. AI can't. And, and sending out a, a blanket email or, or a questionnaire with a load of inane or, um, questions that, that with defined answers, okay, and all they could do is tick one to say this is how I feel, how do you know? Because you can only give an option of, say, four or five different answers. Yeah. Whereas yeah. if you have a conversation just like this with a client in a, you know, in a, in the right environment, then you're able to be able to give them the, um, the support they need on that journey. And you also help to understand. Now, this is something we used to do in the shop. You know, you walk into a shop, a hardware store. I used to work in a hardware store in Swansea many, many years ago. I was a lot younger then. And I had dark hair as well. Anyway, um, <laughs> I, 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 I'd go in and, and customers would come in and, and you, you, you'd say, what are you looking for? And um, they'd respond and say, oh, what, what, what is it to do? And this is the thing that, 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 that's, how can I put this? This is the thing. When someone buys something, 
are they buying it because they want that particular thing or are they buying it for another reason? That's another question that nobody asks. Mm -hmm. They never ask, what is the person buying? Because customers buy things that you're not selling. Take, for instance, a, a, a drill bit. Okay. Are you, do you do any DIY, Damon? Yes, I do. Yes, yeah, I do. There we are. So you've got probably a nice workshop there and you've got some all your drill bits laid out so you can get what, what you need. But when you go and buy a drill bit, are you buying a drill bit or are you buying a hole? It's the hole. It's the hole you're buying. So what's the hole for? Is it in a piece of metal to cut a thread in it? So you need something that'll do, uh, you know, a steel drill bit or a tungsten yeah. tip drill bit, or is it a wall hole? Uh, you know, all these other things. And then it's it's more than just, the, you know, it's not just the drill bit. And, yes. and, and even when you're selling other things, um, services and um, uh, facilities, software even, if you don't understand what the customer's actually buying or why they're buying it, how the hell can you? Oh, I'm sorry, I, tell you, I don't know if you're about swearing on. No, that's all right. It's just fine. sorry. Um, how do you know what to sell them? Yeah. And, and 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 this is another thing, another part of it. So it's not just the emotional journey. It's understanding why they're buying it, because are they buying it as a gift for a father-in-law for his uh, birthday, or are they buying it uh, because they want to do it themselves? And if they do it themselves, have they got all the other pieces that go with it? So there's a huge opportunity of upsell. So when you're in the shop and someone walks in, you can talk this through. Yes. Whereas on the internet, you can't because they're all an anonymous. When you're on the internet, it's a self-service environment. Mm -hmm. So the customer's leading it. So how do you lead them if you don't know what they're looking for? And, and this is this, this is something that can be done very, very simply without having to spend a vast amount of money on, on technology systems and AI systems and data analysis systems. You just pick up the phone and talk to someone. Talk yeah. to a customer. Put yeah. your hype up. But, but again, you can do that as a team within your own company. And this is where we do our training, our facilitation. You know, we go into companies and we talk to the marketing and the sales team but we want to talk to the people who are front of house. We want to talk to the people who are actually talking to the customers because they've got the answers. So involve the sales team, yeah. you know, and, and walk in the customer's shoes. Um, I did a um, TED talk a couple of years ago in Swansea um, on the TEDx um, um, yep. um, talks, and it's up there on video. On You're walking in the shoes of your customers, and it's all about the tourism industry. Yeah, because when someone I, I, I'll go back to that one. when someone is buying um, uh, a holiday, you know, who usually makes the, per the the decision? Okay, and and how can I say this? It's usually the female partner. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, mother. She makes the decision of where they're going because hubby's too busy working or doing yep. other things. And then he turn, she turns around. She's found a place because that's the two weeks we got holiday or one week in the states. We get two weeks in Europe. Um, uh, that, that's the that's that's the thing. So she makes an ultimatum and says, "This is where I want to go this year with the yeah. kids, um, and we're gonna have a good time." But what is she looking for? Does she look for the uh, especially if it's self catering accommodation? Uh, is she looking for a place where uh, there's a fantastic kitchen? Uh, most, no. when I've spoken to, the last thing they want to do is be cooking when they're yeah. on. They want two weeks off. Yeah. And so she, 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 you know, when you look at the websites, they've all got perfectly appointed kitchens. Okay. But what she wants is a little bit of romance. I'm sorry. It sounds like it, these are the things that you discuss when you develop personas about your customers. 
they have to be open discussion um, um, environments where, where nothing nothing is left unsaid because yes. uh, it's about identifying your customers and how they work and how they feel and what the scenarios are of their uh, journey. Where's the starting point from discovery to um, to purchase and and beyond? And 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 those are the sort of facilitated events that we have uh, with clients. Um, it, it, it's sometimes people just don't think of these very very small things that all affect what you write in content uh, what keywords you use to optimize your website what touch points you create to sprinkle around the internet on social media and on um, or, or in articles on um uh, on guest blogs and and and, yeah. magazines and all the you know website magazine websites these are the sort of things you need to be thinking about but you need yeah. to know who your customers are beforehand. Yeah, and so I'm sorry I'm blathering on, but no, uh, no. But I, I mean, you're going through the, you're right. going through the right thing because we're talking about customer experience today with you, and, mm -hmm. and really this this is all about it because when you look back and you look back at when when people started building internet or building websites, right? Mm -hmm. They built websites to show off themselves, basically. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it was, is to show off themselves. And their customers really, honestly, don't give a shit about that. They, they, yeah. they're there, they're there to buy a product, to find a solution, whatever it is. They don't really care that you've got a really nice building and you've got great people and you've got. They really don't care. No. Is it? Is it? Do you have what I need at this point? That's yeah. what they want. And I now, go ahead. It's that instant thing. Um, I, and 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 it's funny when you look at um, even, even today, new websites going up. I look at today. You've got home about services, uh, blog, contact us. That's the, that's the, the global menu on, on every page of the website. Most people are more, you know, where do you want people to be? Spending half an hour looking to find out who you are, where you're based, that sort of stuff, that should be on every page. Yeah. Right at the bottom, because people yep, know the bottom. bottom. People learn, and this is something that was said by, um, um, uh, Oh, I forgot his name. Uh, in the Nissan Norman group, the, the, you know, part of their things, they said people learn more on other people's websites than they do on yours. So you've got to have a consistency with other people's websites. But the important thing is, is can they get to the information they're looking for? They don't. Mm -hmm. People, when they arrive on your website, they don't want to spend half an hour trying to find it because you've lost them after the first thirty seconds. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Everyone goes out with high expectations when they go on the internet to find the information. There's a high expectation, and they get very low frustration levels. How long do you think it takes for the frustration to build up and the expectation uh, and the excitement to drop down so they cross over? Okay, yeah. everyone thinks oh, it's five or six seconds. Actually, it's, they've measured it down to points uh, seven or point seven five of a second. Oh wow! Three quarters of a second, and they've lost interest because something's slow loading, and yet everyone is busy rushing to put up widgets and clever things on their website so it slows the load time and when you've got wi-fi it's even slower again yeah um so, so it, it's it, it you, they've lo you've lost the customer before they even got to the website and that's yeah. and that you know and you'll never know how many of those there are okay so it's you've lost those customers before you even had a chance to, to find out and tell them what they are and most of those customers don't even know who you are at that point remember i said earlier there are more people out there who don't know you exist and don't know your products and services exist than do 
Mm -hmm. okay, really, everyone's chasing after the ones that do and no one's chasing after the ones that don't. So how do you get to that market? You need to understand what the process is for them to go into that discovery point. So they discover your website, they discover your business. So what do they call it? And this is where keyword researchers and, and the key phrase. And now you've got things like um, voice activated search with Siri and um, Alexa and all the other systems that are out there. Mm -hmm. So people's questions have changed. Whereas in the past, they'd write in two or three words because they took people are too lazy to type in full questions. So they, but when they're speaking, it's easier. So they say, where can I find a whatever it is? Yeah. And, and this is one of the interesting things about the technology. Um, I find it very difficult. I got to keep clearing my uh, cache all the time because when I, I do research and I do searches online for a whole wide range of things. And what's so frustrating is that Google now is collecting my information and they say, oh, we can predict what he's looking for. We'll offer these yeah. things. Yeah. And I'm on a completely different subject or topic area. Okay, so their suggestions are way off kilter. Mm -hmm. You know, they're the wrong, they're taking me down the wrong thing. So they now becoming gatekeepers. And that's the difficulty because yeah. I've got to go and find other search engines to look on stuff find what I need and then go back to Google and do the same searches because I need to find on Google because that's the one everyone uses. Mm -hmm. So I have yeah. to be good for the clients. And, and these yeah. are all the things that, 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 that present difficulties for people. And that's just to get them to the website. Once we get them to the website, there are so many things. Uh, I came across it uh, a couple of months ago where um, people use WordPress and don't get me wrong. WordPress is a wonderful system. It's easy mm -hmm. for people to use. It's, it, it's lots of um, things for sales, shopping, uh, shopping carts and mm -hmm. uh, booking systems and all these other stuff on there. But the difficulty that we have is that the more you load into the site, the slower it becomes. And now we're back to that frustration and expectation or excitement and frustration. The other thing is, is what happens when those two lines cross over? Yeah. People yeah. leave. They, they they're just going to bounce. They're they just go. bounce off and go and find someone else to talk to or, or to, to find the information from. So mm -hmm. how can businesses overcome that issue? And it's fairly yeah. straightforward. You think like the customer. Yes. You present yourself like the customer. You understand how their digital journey is going, what they are prepared to do, and what they're not prepared to do. And then you re-engineer that path to give them um, information sent so that they they're encouraged to keep taking the next step um, and when they get to your website they don't go to the home page or to some page where they've then got to search for something else they're presented with uh, a button that says start here that's what they're looking for and mm -hmm. most most failures on websites are because there's a failure to start from the actual customer the, the visitor to the website and that's where things like user experience comes in. Now, the problem with user experience is that that deals with individual steps in the journey, whereas customer experience deals with the whole journey from start to finish. Um, and, and, and this is where this is where I find the great excitement of it all. Yeah. Because customer uh, c companies are only starting to wake up to it now. Yeah, it's I, 100%. They're just yeah. starting to understand what that really is. The big companies, Amazon, eBay, Google, 
um, you know, those big international companies, these global uh, corporates, they got teams of people who've been yeah. studying this for a long time. Google are in a perfect position because they, they, they're, as I said, they're a bit of a gatekeeper. So they can make small changes to their website to see if it improves transition. Okay, so it's always good to watch what they're up to. Um, there's a lot of companies out there that are gaming what they do and trying to game the um, algorithms that they're producing. That's why they keep having updates. And it's a bit like the, um, um, you know, the, the international battle. We, we, we'll build a faster, higher flying jet to bomb you. And then they develop um, um, a system to pull those things out of the sky. So then you've got to get a better one again. And so there's this sort of back and forth seesaw effect. And it's the yeah. same on there where people gain Google to try and get their clients higher up. And then Google puts in algorithms to stop that happening. And this has been going on since the beginning. I remember the first algorithm they built was uh, white. Uh, if the text is the same color as the background, um, remove it. Okay, yeah. disadvantage that site. And, that, and, and it all came, and I'm sorry to say this, but it all came from the, the porn industry because they were gaming it. So anything you typed into Google back in 1999, you always end up with a half a dozen porn sites on top. And I've seen that seesaw going on all the way through in the last 20 years. Okay, um, then it became that links, backlinks were really important. So then you've yeah. got companies out in um, other parts of the world who'd set up a, a series of 10,000 websites and you'd pay $100 and suddenly you've got 10,000 backlinks coming in. So you saw a bounce in your website, you go to the top of the search engines, Google will come along. If, they, if a company has 10,000 links in less than 24 hours from one geographical region of the world, then disadvantage that site. So then they have to find another thing. So then recommendations, how many recommendations have you got? How many testimonials have you got? So you see online people will offer to sell you, yeah. 10, uh, you know, 100 recommendations for $100. Um, yeah. And it, it, it keeps seesawing back and forth, back and forth. And, and this is where technology is always going to be gained. Whereas if you actually start off with a premise that the customer is going to be using this site, we'll sort out getting to the top of the search engines because that can be done in many ways. You can start an AdWords campaign. You can do all these other things. Mm -hmm. I, I, I keep talking. I hope I'm not talking too much. No, I'm, I'm listening. I've been listening because you're, you're preaching to the choir here because it really is. It is one of these things that I think that people need to a put themselves in the position of the customer when they look at anything they do. And I, this is, this is, doesn't matter if you're creating a flyer or if you're, if you're creating yeah. the homepage, redoing the homepage on your website or your product pages or your listings or whatever you're trying to do uh, online or in real, you know, in the physical world, uh, it, it really has to, because of what we talked about a very long time ago here uh, is the the position of the customer has changed the buyer has the the power now in these in this situation because of their access to knowledge and and what they want to see and if you're not putting yourself in their position and providing the the experience the information the path that they want to follow this aren't going to follow it you're just yeah. you're just done and as you said there are so many people that don't know about you mm -hmm. that that in the you should a think about first that customer experience and how you can 
let them know about you while helping them find what they need and helping them find out if you're the right solution or not for whatever they're looking for. But if you don't do any of that, there's going to bounce away, Mm -hmm. but there's, but your opportunity, I always think of e-commerce when I'm talking to people or digital strategies for businesses and in the fact that it comes back again to what you said, two things, premises, you said, it's like most people don't know about you and they're going to get away really quickly if they don't find what they need. They're just going to get yeah. off your website. So if we take those, those two things in mind and just build build your website yeah. with that, build your processes, even your process all the way through if you're selling online to the buy uh, and make that as simple as you can from the customer's perspective or as easy and, and pain-free. Yeah. Um, when you look at the Amazon or or the Walmarts or some of the big e-commerce, Alibaba or some of these e-commerce places that are bigger, Amazon's a notorious. I mean, if you're selling on Amazon, you may hate their customer policies that they can return whatever you want to return, however, you know, for basically whatever reason. But they do that for a reason. They make it and they they do prime two-day shipment in the, at least they do in the U.S. for a reason. They they know that that's what the customers want. They what the customers want to return things easy. They yeah. want and they want to be able to get it quick. I, I don't know if the same mistakes, but um, one of the issues that we've got in the U.K. is that fifty uh, percent of deliveries never make never never get picked up on the day that's supposed to be delivered because people are either out or they've missed the slot or, or whatever goes on, and so there's a there's a huge issue with returns. And um, it's a massive issue for lots of companies. Yeah. So, again, um, it, it, it's down to putting the systems in place. Now, this, this, is not, this is not to do with the Internet, but it is to do with customer experience. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and, and I think this is sometimes, this is, this is an issue when you get um, um, some people in the industry who, who aren't aware of all the things that are going on around it. Um, it's about the business processes themselves. Now, have you got a good delivery service, and can you tap in and, and show people where things are? Do they um, do they uh, give a, a location of, of, of um, where the product is that, or your purchase is mm-hmm. in the journey to come to your house? Do you get a phone call or an email or text uh, like 20 minutes before um, to say it's 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 going to be with you in the next half an hour? Uh, make sure you're there. Um, there's all these things that that a lot of the smaller companies and medium-sized companies are not delivering on because they've got their own internal systems, but they haven't thought it through for their customer because mm-hmm. that is still part of the customer experience and customer journey. It's the bit when they've made the purchase and they're getting excited about receiving the goods. Yeah. Okay. And and, and these are these are some of the things that Apple have done a really good job on. Because they now have, where they can actually advertise the fact that it takes 1.37 seconds or whatever it is, or even longer, 13 seconds, when you hold the corners of the box of your new i27, I- um, uh, where you just hold the corners of the box, and that slow, they measure the time it takes for that box to open. And they've made an issue of this as part of the customer journey and the customer experience, the excitement of opening the box. And there's their new phone. And then peeling off that plastic thing. And I think there was um, an episode of uh, the Big Bang Theory where they just received a new phone and all the guys were gathered round and they were taking, I think it's um, right, um, oh, the, 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 the one guy, uh, the Indian guy uh, on the program, and he, he's getting all excited about peeling back that plastic sleeve. Yeah, yeah. And it's part of that process. And what yeah. they've done is they've 
they joined in with the customer and, and said, you know, if you really want to enjoy it properly, you should be doing this. And, mm-hmm. and so they, they've got investment in customer experience. They've got the investment in the um, journeys. And, and if people sat down and thought about their process, they could have that same excitement build up for their customers, how to enjoy opening the packaging. Okay. And, and again, when you're buying a product or something that you have to assemble yourself, because you get that satisfaction of making something, but all the parts are in the box. If there's a part missing, the frustration levels are really oh, yeah. high. Yeah. So uh, IKEA of you know they, they've really developed that system. So even they they produce the documents to, to assemble it, the assembly documents, you know, and they do it by visuals and yes. um, and, and images rather than by writing in seventeen languages. Mm-hmm. So they've had to overcome cultural differences as well because i you know um as you know i'm i'm, I'm on uh usa manufacturing hour on, on mm-hmm. a thursday evening and i joined yeah. in for us it's a thursday evening it's lunchtime yeah. for you guys um but, but it, 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 i get a pleasure of that but i've learned so much about the cultural differences of using things like twitter um i often get very nervous about making some comments which will be treated as humor with us but may offend someone in the, in the states so I, I actually hold back quite a bit. Yes. Uh, often I see things that people in America put out, but I'm thinking, wow, that's a bit uh, bit strong, isn't it? Yeah. But actually it's acceptable over there, whereas it would be seen as a bit rude here. Um, mm-hmm. And also, again, there's the language issue. Okay, because you call certain things certain things, and we call them something else. And sometimes what we call something quite innocently, you treat it as something yeah. that's bit bad and, and i i love those contradictions that go on in yeah. language and, it, and we share the same language yeah Mind you, you don't you don't know to spell properly but that's another story yeah <laughs> i'd be interested to see the uh the, the the um text at the bottom to see how it's um translated when the recording yes. of the program goes out because um can, can they, they understand my welsh accent for, for a start that's uh, doing pretty good so far, I think. I hope so. We'll see. The, you yeah. know, the interesting thing that you talked about here from customer experience today, it was just a little difference that that in the US, when we get deliveries, they don't very, very, very seldom does anyone have to be around for a delivery. So it's it's basically the driver comes to your house, they drop it off, boom. That's the end of the end of the thing because I think they've virtually given up on yeah. most of that coordinating the deliveries and 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 literally, I don't know what it's like there, obviously in the UK, but we get deliveries. There's a lot of households that get a delivery a day or multiple deliveries a day throughout the week because the, the e-commerce buying habits have changed so much yes. over the years. And, exactly. and COVID just drove them that much higher yes. when, you know, when you couldn't, well, it started out with supplies. You couldn't find toilet paper. You couldn't find whatever else, but Amazon had it or and then you're sitting here and you couldn't go to the store that you wanted to. Well, then I had to buy some laundry detergent. I had to buy some clothing or I had to buy electronics. And then the next thing you know, um, you're just like, well, it's just easy. I'm just going to click, click. And it shows up at the door. I mean, I just did it with some vitamins. My wife brought some down to me today. I ordered vitamins. I hadn't had ordered vitamins online uh, before that. And, and I'll probably never walk into a store and order them again. And, and, this, and this is where the future's going. Yeah, I think so too. And and and, and it's a funny thing because um, I, I I wrote an article a couple well, quite a few years ago uh, where I said that um, 
the, the future of purchase, the future of shopping is going to be online. Now, it's not going to be for everything because there's still no, no. Of walking into a shop and buying something you've discovered um, and trying it on. And, and, and yep. you know, if there's the, inter the in instant gratification of the purchase. Now, this is quite interesting because we, I, I've had quite a few discussions about this because when you deal with the Internet, there's multiple, there's multiple gratification points. Okay, there's the first one, which is the the discovery and the finding and the purchase. Yeah. Okay, so when you you know the discovery to start with is an excitement point. The next thing is the um, uh, is the purchase. So you have that excitement that you get when you're in a in a, yeah. a, a boutique or shop, uh, and, and you get that excitement. And then there's the the, the wait and the build up, and then it arrives. And there's another um, excitement point. Okay, and gratification point. And then there's the trying it on, and then there's the eventually taking it out, wearing it, and showing it off to all your friends. And 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 so the internet actually provides multiple gratification points, whereas a purchase in a shop is you go in, you see it, yeah, but it all happens in a very short period of time, whereas on the internet it's drawn out over 24 hours, or yeah. depending on delivery times. But I think the future is going to change in that I can see a time when we'll walk into shops to try clothes on, and to, and, to, and to look at stuff, and then we'll go to the checkout, it'll be typed out, and then it'll be delivered to the house. It'll yes. be done online, you'll just see a, a model of it, and, that, and that's a, a business model I've discussed with a, with a couple of uh, retail clients, because the high street is still a place you can go and look at it, and people, yeah. but, but you don't actually buy it in shop, you pay for it there, and then it's sent to... Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's funny because they're using that model to a certain extent already here in Nordstrom's. They, 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 they do that here. You can see that yeah. their store footprints have been shrunk down an awful yeah. lot yeah. and much less inventory is held in the store. Mm -hmm. And you just you they keep them so you can try them on, basically. Yeah. And, hey, that's great. We're going to yeah. place the order. It'll be delivered to your delivered to your get house. It tomorrow yeah, get it tomorrow. And yeah. you're right. And I didn't think about the e-commerce purchase process, like you're explaining, it does mm -hmm. give you multiple gratification points yeah. there and, and multiple points of excitement mm -hmm. if you if you do it right. And where the the physical purchase or the process of going in and buying really doesn't because it yeah. is so compressed. Yeah. And yeah, that's something. Yeah. And, and so, you know, if a business, knowing that process is going on, if a business can pop in at each time and say, tell your friends on Facebook, tell your friends on or, or on yeah. Twitter, this is happening, or, or, or one of the other platforms. It, it, it helps the Instagram or whatever. Hey, look what I just found. Hey, I bought it. It's coming tomorrow morning. It's on its way. I've just had a notification from the direct. You've got those multiple messages that people can show off to their friends that they're buying this new product, this new thing, or whatever it is, the new uh, dress, hat, jean, yeah. jacket, whatever it is. And, and it just builds that excitement. Okay, but also the company is then being able to, through that customer, being able to push out to a bigger marketplace for people who never yes. knew they existed. And yes. see, that's how you start bringing people in. And I think companies have got to start thinking about this. Now, I know we, you know, we, we work a lot in the manufacturing sector. So how do biz those businesses who, who work with other businesses, what they've got to remember, it's not the company that's buying your product, it's a human being within that company. So you need to understand how that purchasing manager, how that specifier actually works. And I think yeah. in um, a conversation I had on one of the things the other day, um, but I think this was with uh, Made in Britain Hour, which we have 
uh, yes. quite early in the morning for you. Um, and one of the questions was, are you saying that we should be targeting specifiers rather than the purchasing manager? And I went, well, have a think about it. Talk to them. Okay, understand if they are the ones you should be targeting, not the purchasing manager, because the specifier will tell the purchase manager, we are looking for one of these. I found this company that can supply it. So it, it's, it's seeing those sort of things that are going on. But the only way you find out is by talking to people and having that conversation. Like I said, back at the beginning. Mm -hmm. In the old days, when people walked in the shop, you could talk to your customers. Yes, yes. Today, you're, they're just a number. They're just a, a, a yeah. ghost moving through the website. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so it, it, it's, it's that fundamental thing. So customer experience is something that, that, that small companies and big companies as well and media companies, they can learn about, especially in the di in the digital journey, they can learn about it. It's a bit, I think, yeah, I describe myself as a bit of a tracker because I track how customers move through it. It's the psychology that's involved. It's the um, all these other aspects. The more you learn about the customer, and not, not as individuals, but as gr groups, because you'll find everyone fits into these different things. Yeah. Uh, into groups so your personas when you when you're developing personas make them comprehensive cover all these details the sort of favored um um uh favored points that you are um that your main core customer is looking for and 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 put them into your promotions put them into your um target you know when you're targeting a particular group of um um customers Make sure they can recognize themselves in your promotions. Yes, yes. Um, I did an article a couple of years ago um, targeting at directors. I just opened up with directors. Are you ready for your £1,000 fine? And it caused uh, the reading. I mean, the number of views it had was phenomenal. Nobody yeah. sent me a public message or put a like on that particular broadcast. But the number of emails and personal messages I got and people who turned up at networking events who um, who came up to me and said, hey, Nigel, great article. I didn't realize we had to do that. And all it, all it was that um, is, is when you register your company with, with Companies House, um, that there is a requirement that you put your company registration number and your registered address on your website. And I just did a survey of uh, new websites being launched, how many of them were limited companies, how many of them were in company's house and did they have that information on their website mm -hmm. and i did the research and i found that like 68 percent of them didn't so i just did the article okay yeah. and, and they said well we shouldn't uh, you know some of them said to me personally they said shouldn't the web designer do that or tell us about that and i said no it's your responsibility you are a director mm -hmm. of the company yeah. and the fine is a thousand pounds for not doing it so they were all panicking and they didn't want to show themselves up that they didn't have that yeah. information because most of them had only looked at the website at the beginning when it was first launched and never yeah. gone back to look at it yes and that's another thing how how often do the owners of the company or the directors of the company actually go and look at their own website yeah and other look at it and not just look at it with somebody that knows like you said industry yeah. jargon wants yeah. to show off their company blah 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 yeah. whatever you want to do look at it from the viewpoint of a customer how many times do you say we instead of the times you say you? Mm -hmm. Because it's about the people reading it. You are looking for X, not we do X. 
Mm -hmm. Okay, when you're looking for a good company to supply X, talk to us. Okay, bring them in. Be positive about the message. Um, you know, there's so many other things. And and again, there's a huge market that people like restaurants and um, and public um, tourist places and everything else are missing out on. And that's the the disabled. You know, yeah. um, ten percent of the population in the UK is expected to is, is disabled. I'm not quite sure what the American um, uh, issue is, but uh, roughly ten percent of the population. But disability is some, is not necessarily something that's visible. Yeah, uh, my wife's a celiac. We don't mm -hmm. eat out very often, but when yep. we do look at a restaurant, when you can go and eat out, we're looking to see if they provide um, um, gluten free yep. food. Yeah, but they never say what's in the actual meal. Is there any chance of cross contamination when they're preparing the food? So they don't show that sort of information. So they're losing ten percent of the. I think uh, one in 10 uh, is celiac and 10% of the population in the UK has uh, issues with wheat or mm -hmm. intolerant. So they won't go because they can't see it. Whereas they're losing yeah. that market, they're losing that, that spend. And it's the same for people with wheelchairs um, and, yeah. uh, and, and aids of that type. They have difficulty in uh, seeing um whether a, a, a place, yeah, they can say we are wheelchair friendly, but when you actually get there, the tables are too close together. You mm -hmm. can't get the door to go into the gentleman's or the, or the, or the services. Um, and, and, and so whilst they do make allowances for people with wheelchairs, when you get there, the truth is it's not that easy. Yeah. Yeah. There's another huge market there. So, so, and it, it, it only, you only have to write this once to put it onto your website and make it mm -hmm. easily accessible for people to find. Yeah. So yeah. I hope that I, I mean I can see that the, 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 it's now just turned midnight here. So uh, um, has it? Talk. Oh, it has. I didn't even Hours realize that. Very very quickly. Yeah, yeah. Well, I tell you, Nigel, it's 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 incredible getting to talk to you because your depth of knowledge and customer experience is just is it just exudes from you, and I I love listening to you and i know the people that are listening to this and are will be listening to this will surely get a lot of value from it because they we there's very few people that understand it like yourself first of all and and talk about it and and the way that you 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 really can explain it in terms that we can understand so yeah i just i really appreciate the fact that you've taken the time with us so late at night to, to be on here at our live stream time uh, and share with us about your your knowledge and customer experience. So um, you you are a speaker you you yeah. help and you help people with customer experience and I wanted to make sure that was clear and and that if people wanted to contact you, what is the best way to, to get a hold of you? Well I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Twitter. Um, yep. Follow me on Twitter if you want to learn, because I, I publish from time to time articles and things like that. Uh, LinkedIn, okay. follow me there as well if you want to follow that information. Yep. But my, my email address is Nigel at Pilates online. And it's okay. a great word, Pilates, not uh, Pilates, which yeah. is the exercise regime. This is Pilates, yep. the I and E change place. But it, it, it's Greek for customer. So it's. Um, oh, nice. Yes. Um, and. It's it's what we do. So we do training, we do um, advice, guidance. People can contact me, and we can have a chat, learn a little yep. bit about their company, what their objectives are, and then help them with the things. Yeah, and, I work and, all over the world. 
Yes, that's the other thing too, is you've you've done global work for sure. And it's Nigel T. Packer on yeah. LinkedIn. And you yeah. will obviously you're mentioned in this post on LinkedIn, so people can get a hold of you there. Uh if you're on Facebook, you're gonna be able to see him there as well through my through my stuff. But and uh, we will, when we put this up on our website and out on YouTube, it'll have your email address and other things in the, in the uh, description as well. So I just wanted to thank, thank you, Nigel, first of all, for being here today, stopping by to talk to us about customer experience. It's something that I'm, I know you're very passionate about. It's something that I know that the listeners and myself wanted to learn a lot more about. And we certainly have today. And I just wanted to thank you for being here. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah. Um, it, it's always a pleasure to talk wherever, wherever I go. And I, 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 I just love the enthusiasm from the, uh, from, from the American um, um, audience and people in business in America. They're so enthusiastic about it. Um, it we could learn a few things in the UK from your uh, <laughs> passion and your attitude. Well, and your friendliness I, as well. And the what? And your friendliness. Oh, Thank you. Thank you on that. And, and I, I, I uh, accept the compliments and, and hope that we can, we can live up to them. And I, I think that, you know, the one thing that I learned today is that we really need to be customer focused and think yes. about it and put ourselves in that from every, every, the way things look, the, the words we use and, and the feelings we get when we, when we look at our both, in the physical world and in the digital world. And thank you so much for sharing that with us today. Thank you, Damien, for having me on your program. Awesome. Well, that's it for us today on the Faces of Business. We're going to be back here again on Thursday. And we've got another great guest talking about, well, actually, we're talking about helping veterans transition into the private sector, which I think is going to be really fun. We're going to have Brian Arrington from Vets to Industry on on Thursday and uh, talking about that. It's a great organization. Nigel Packer, thanks for being here today. Everyone, thank you for listening on LinkedIn Live, Facebook, and everywhere else that we've got people rolling right now. And we will be back again. Thanks.